listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen, amen. Hey, thank you, worship team, for leading us every week the way you do and helping us at the very beginning of our time just look to Jesus. Um, Hey, so I I have something I wanna let you in on um, and you probably wouldn't have ever known unless I told you tonight. I hope that gets your ears tuned in. Anyway, so actually, middle school for me uh, was very unpleasant uh, until like eighth grade, like sixth grade, seventh grade. You know, why am I acting like that's just me? How many, how many people in here in middle school unpleasant years? Okay, yeah, this is not just me. But um, I don't know if this happened to any of you, but it's like you're in fourth, fifth grade, you got your friends, and all of a sudden in sixth grade, you're just not cool enough for those friends anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Now, this may only be me. Y'all are making me feel bad now. <laughs> Hunter, come on, bro. Y'all bagging me up here. So here's what happened. Um, I really am feeling insecure now because y'all didn't seem to affirm that. So anyway, I, I had this friend, his name was Matt Graff. If you're watching, what's up, dude? Um, love you now, but was jealous then. Uh, anyway, so his name was Matt, and um, we were good friends, like fifth grade, like we were bros, you know what I mean? And we get to sixth grade, and, and this guy named, named Jack comes in the picture, and Matt decided he was gonna start hanging with Jack. You know what I'm talking about? Like Jack had like cooler hair, cooler clothes. The girls thought he was hot, you know what I mean? And he was like, I ain't hanging out with Cole. And man, I, I, get, I, got, I got jealous, you know? And to, and to add to this, um, Matt wasn't the only one. It was like every guy in our grade thought Jack was so cool. And like, they would just like mindlessly kind of follow him around like drones. Like he was, like they worshiped him. Like, Anything that he did was gold. Would <laughs> you what Jack said? That was so funny. Like someone else says a joke that's actually funny, and like, and Jack says the same joke, and they're like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" You know what I'm talking about? Man, y'all just let me vent here. Can I get some affirmation here? All right, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm pouring my heart out to you. Anyway, um, what made it even worse is that Matt. I think kind of knew I was a little jealous and so did Jack and they would start like picking on me like and it's like, like making jokes at me and so this is just terrible and so I remember just going home and, and sitting there like what's so good about Jack like why do, why do they just like follow him mindlessly like they worship him it's like everything they, he does is awesome and you know as like an ad- adult um, with a, a fully formed cerebral cortex and can think rationally, I kind of look and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, like that was just dumb middle school stuff. And, and, but still today, I'm like, what, what was so good about Jack, all right? Uh, but I'm obviously past it. Um, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm past it, guys, we're good. Hey, going on your campuses, let's like get into your life. Um, we um, have been, a large group of us have been going onto campus and, and we've been sharing the gospel and so many of you that are doing that or all of you that are doing that, just like, not that it's about us, but man, just killing it. Like doing amazing, just make, stepping out in obedience and it's kind of funny, we have one method we use to share the gospel called three circles and after we kind of drew the three circles for somebody to kind of illustrate the gospel, um, what I'm hearing a lot is people are kind of like, have this question, they're like, so what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, you want them to respond and it's just a great gospel presentation. And there's been, what's been happening is they're kind of like, I, I don't, those three circles, they don't, they don't relate to me. Like 
I think what they're thinking, kind of like, I'm like, why, why do you follow Jack, right? I think really what they're thinking is, what's so great about Jesus? Why, why do you follow Jesus? Like, what, what are you getting out of him that I can't get out of all the other things that I have in my life right now? Y'all tracking with me there? And so that's kind of what's happening on your campus right now. And, and so that's just what we've seen as we've been asking questions. And I wonder maybe if some of you tonight here um, are thinking that question. Maybe even those of you that follow Jesus every now and then are like, why did I really follow him? Some of these other things look, look much better, right? Just like Matt was like, following Jack is much better than being friend, than friends with Cole. Maybe some of you are like, hey, like, I'm at this point in my life, maybe there is something better. Maybe I'll leave Jesus for a little bit and go, go check this out. And so that's the question I wanna answer tonight. Why follow Jesus? What's so good about him? And last week we talked about what it means to follow Jesus. And if you remember anything, it was like, hey, that's not an easy, cushy life. Like deny yourself. Like to most people are like, nope, no thanks. You know what I mean? And then you say, like, be willing to even follow Jesus to death, to take up your cross. Like some people are like, most people are like, "Mm -mm, I ain't doing that. You want to die for some dude? Like what's, what's going on? And so many of you in the room, though, are compelled to do that. The question we want to ask tonight, not what does it look like, but why? And my hope is that those of you that have been following Jesus, you're encouraged, you're equipped, you can go out on your campuses and with your friends and answer that question. And for those of you in this room, and we invite skepticism, we invite those questions. I'm the pastor, I'm asking it myself, right? I hope that this gives you something to think about and chew about tonight. And so Ephesians chapter two, y'all go ahead and turn there, I believe does an amazing job at answering this question. I believe it's so clear that the apostle Paul who wrote this letter to the Ephesians, um, inspired by God, we believe that the scriptures that we read, the whole entire Bible was inspired by God, it's authoritative, it's true, and it answers so many of our questions about God, about our life, and it's gonna help us answer why to follow Jesus. I'm gonna read verses one through 10, Ephesians chapter two. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, the greatest conjunction in all of the Bible, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a little confusing. We'll talk about it later. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The first thing I want you to see, friends, 
Why do we follow Jesus? When I look at verses one through three, the way it just starts out, it's telling us, hey, for all of you that are now Christians, followers of Jesus, this is where you were. For, for all of you that are not following Jesus, a very sobering reality. Why follow Jesus? Because when we're not following Jesus, wait for it, we're following Satan. Whoa. Brother, you better explain that. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Look at this. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You ever seen a dead body? Can it get up and make itself a sandwich? Can it do anything? Can it contribute anything to humankind? No, because it's dead. And in a spiritual sense, because some of you are like, oh, I've always been alive. I know, I know, okay. In a spiritual sense, God is saying, the word of God is saying through Paul that that we were spiritually dead. We had nothing to offer to God in terms of spirituality, righteousness, or anything. And check this out. In your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked. Okay, you're walking. Everyone walks. Following who? The prince of the power of the air. That's Satan, the prince of this world, the spirit that is now in, at work in the sons of disobedience. And it says, among whom some of those bad people, like Satanists or people that are really doing bad things. No, look, among whom we all. Does y'all's Bible say all? I'm just gonna give you, it should say all. <laughs> it should say ponta in the Greek, it's all. Amongst whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind who are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Friends, if we're not following Jesus, we're following Satan. We're walking in his footsteps. Our identity, this is even worse. It's not even only what we do. Look at this, it's our identity calls us children of wrath. So we're not all children of God if we're, not, if we're apart from Jesus. You ever heard that before? We're children of wrath. Intensity warning. You're like, I thought it was high enough, bro. In John 8, Jesus calls even the Jews who don't follow him. He tells them, you are children of your father, the devil. We're not following Jesus, we're following Satan. And scripture actually says we are his children. And most children love their father. And so what that means is apart from Christ, we actually love Satan, we love his ways, we enjoy the lifestyle that he led. Okay, let's breathe a little bit, all right? So back in 2008, I went to India on a mission trip. And if you've ever been on a mission trip overseas, what you know is that you're, you're kind of stuck not knowing the language unless you're just brilliant and could learn it and however many months you had prep. And so we, we get there, we get to the airport. Our team leader who uh, was Indian was there to meet us and he said, I'm gonna get in this cab and your cab is gonna follow my taxi cab. And so like we get our luggage in there and everything's smaller because that's the way the world works. Americans need everything big. So I have my gigantic American luggage, I'm holding it. We're driving in traffic. Our taxi driver is following the driver ahead of us, which is where our leader is at. And they're going to the hotel that we're supposed to be at that night. 
I'm white knuckled. He's driving super fast, trying to keep uh, in track with that driver. And also because just people generally drive pretty crazy there. All right. It's understandable with so many people. You want to get to places as fast as you can. And so at some point, though, un, say a weird word, unbeknownst, I think that's how you say it, to our taxi driver, the driver ahead of him, all of a sudden, again, he didn't know, was not the, the car that our leader was in. And he thought it was. So homeboy follows this guy. I'm talking about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes in a third world country. We don't know where to go. We don't know where the address is. It just said, follow this car. And we finally arrive because the car in front of us, which he thought was our leader's car, stopped. And you know who gets out of that car? Not a bunch of like white Americans that were on our team. It was local Indian people. And we're like, oh no, this is not good. We are at the wrong hotel, 30 minutes off at least, you double that, an hour, and our driver had no idea. We finally, if you want to know the rest of the story, I'm here, I'm alive today, so you can figure that out. Driver had no idea who he was following that was the wrong way. Friends, billions of people are living this life and, and, and they're just walking around they have no idea that they're following Satan and they are so lost. And Christians in the room, we gotta be on guard too because we can be led astray. That song, Prone to Wonder, what Satan tries to do, sometimes even with the Christians in the room, is he tries to make that wide path that Jesus talks about seem so seductive. And Jesus says only the narrow path leads to eternal life. And so we sometimes think Jesus' way um, is not maybe the only way. And we, we drift for periods of time. And that's why, again, I plead with everyone in this room, like he's really great at deceiving. That's one of his names, the deceiver. That's why I plead with you to follow him. And, and some of you are like, man, Cole, that, that sounds really, really in, intense. Like, are you, are you sure you want to land on that? And I would say, friend, hey, I, I don't want to be intense for intensity's sake. But listen, Satan's sneaky. <laughs> and the reason that you may, many people don't know if they're following him is because following Satan takes the form of just of things like worship of self. Remember last week, deny yourself. <laughs> it's one of the conditions to follow him. Satan's sneaky, and he says, you, you don't need to die yourself. That's the lie in the garden. No, 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 no. You can become like God. You don't worry about that fruit that he said not to eat. It can take the form of being so serious about classes that they ultimately depend on if you're joyful or not. Like, that's really what you're excited about. So it can take the form of being so obsessed with your future and your next step in your career. Some of you are coming up on graduation that really that's what you're worshiping, that's what you're following. It takes the form of idolatry. And in the West, idolatry looks like a lot of those things, worship of money and, and of self and wealth and, ooh, relationships. We talked about that back in the fall, didn't we? Oh, man, Satan's sneaky. And then in, the, in like, Eastern cultures, it, it takes on the form of actual real idols. And, and that's where Satan is still sneaky because you notice what the Bible never says? The Bible never says that, like, literally no other spiritual powers exist. Like, Satan's active in the world. You don't think there's spirit, negative, dark spiritual power in Buddhism, dark spiritual power in Hinduism? There are unreached people groups on your campus that come from those cultures. They're all around. 
And I got news for you. Even with American students, we go out on the campus. Like I just told you, we're sharing the gospel. Like some of you, you're doing such a good job. Like you're killing it. The power of the Holy Spirit is with you. And you're sharing the best news they'll ever hear. And they, they're unmoved. And even there's been times that I feel, I feel that darkness. It's like they are following Satan. He's, he's got them tricked. And they don't even know it. And so all the more reason, and not intense for intensity's sake, guys, there's some urgency in this. We need to plead with people. We need to show them Jesus. Show him, show them not only, listen, a better way, but Jesus calls himself the way. Not something like my truth. This is my truth. Let me share my truth. But he calls himself the truth and not just like a different way to live your life. He says, I am the life. Amen. That's why we plead with people because we know we have it. We have the truth. We know the way. And so we don't boast in ourselves. We boast in him. We say, follow Jesus. Turn away from your life that you're living and follow him. So again, why follow Jesus? I'm convinced now we have a few more things to say, but because we're not following Jesus, we're following Satan. That's what the Bible tells us. But here's what I love, friends. So I think that's compelling. I, I thank you, God's word. But following Jesus is not just to make sure we're following the right person or not following the wrong thing. There's, there's actually great power in following him. So I want you to read verses four through seven with me. Let me take a little water break. Y'all, y'all look to four through seven. Again, the, could be wrong on this. Maybe one of the greatest conjunctions in the Bible. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, we've already covered that in our trespasses, what did he do? This is unreal. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Raised us up with him. Seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Friends, another great reason to follow Jesus is because only Jesus can raise us from the dead. Colossians 1 um, Colossians 1, 13 and 14 say he's delivered us from the domain of darkness. Not like, oh, like they were just kind of like just hanging out. No, like darkness and delivered us from that, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. And what you need to understand here, we've already covered deadness, is this is a total act of grace, love, and mercy. He, in a spiritual sense, we were dead and he raised us from the dead. And even more than that, he didn't just bring us to neutrality with God, like, okay, at least God is not gonna like send us to hell now. Like he even says he gives us an inheritance. He raises us up, gives us a heavenly home. That's kind of a concept of that's gonna happen someday, but not yet. That's the concept in scripture already, not yet. And then it says that in Jesus, we have immeasurable riches. That means you start counting today as fast as you want to from one to however far you get. And you multiply that number on your deathbed times infinity and you're still not there. The riches that we're talking about are immeasurable. The wisest, sharpest mathematicians cannot measure the riches that are found in Jesus. And 
it comes from the power that he has, the power to raise us from the dead. And I wanna ask you something, just real, like real talk, maybe like unpleasant memories, but by raise of hands, how many of you have been to a funeral? Oh, most people. Yeah, we live in a fallen world. Death is a reality, right? So I remember being 10 years old. Um, had been to a funeral before that, but this one really hit to home. It was my grandpa on my mother's side, my papa. Um, he had passed away of Alzheimer's. And I remember, we all knew it was coming, but I remember just being, sometimes you like share a memory and start getting emotional. That's not what this is about. So I remember just being there in that room. And what I would have given for him to not be dead, right? Like, I can't tell you. I didn't have anything as a 10-year-old to give, really. But, oh, man, even today, it's like, yeah, if that was possible, like I would. But the reality is, is that's why we were there. That's why you go to the funerals, that someone has to die. Like, that's why we were there. But I would just ask you, those of you who have been in the funeral, how badly would you freak out if that body, here's the head, like comes up, starts looking around like, what's up, everybody? Jesus saves. Like, how, would you freak out? Yes. Yes, you would freak out, right? Like, and like some people are like rejoicing and some people are running away scared. Let's go get them later, explain everything, what happened. Like, you know what I mean? But like, that would be insane. That, that's something you've never seen before, right? Like, that's crazy. It doesn't happen. Why am I trying to convince you of this? Because that exact reality is what Jesus does for his followers. I'm gonna say it, say it again. Baptist, let's get a little, little more excited. Jesus raises us from the dead. Yeah. Don't let that truth just fade. Like, that's amazing. And appropriate reactions is like, some people should be freaking out. Some people should be running out of the room. Hey, we'll explain it later. Don't worry, right? Guys, I don't know about you. I have never had a friend feel like, man, I got to meet some cool people. No one raises the dead. <laughs> Jesus does. Jesus does. <laughs> And friends, that's why that if I look at your life <laughs> and I mostly see deadness, if your friends, brothers and sisters in Christ look at your life and they mostly see deadness, I'm not gonna tell them that they're wrong in love, question like, hey, man, like, do you really believe this stuff? Like, do, you, do you really follow Jesus? Because I, I'm reading, he's like, call this resurrection life. The, like we talked about last week, like the resurrection power of Jesus is coursing through our veins. He's made us a, a new creation. Like he's, it's amazing. It seems like you're, you're still in the grave, brother. You haven't followed Jesus to the tomb. It's empty. And so as a, how can we tell if someone's living in deadness or not? Well, like, I, I'm glad you asked, because just to tell you from the heart, there's, there's, some, there's some of you in here in this room, there's a crowd in this room, and I'm, it's a joy to watch you because I can tell that you're bought in and you are sold out for the name of Jesus Christ. And like, it is, it is a joy. There are hard days I have, and it's like, but them, like, 
they encourage me. As a byproduct of being sold out for Jesus, you're devoted to his church. Specifically, like our ministry, you say, hey, this is where I'm body and life. I want to see the great commission accomplished through the journey here. I believe God has put me here in this season for that. And you're doing amazing things through the power of God, to the glory of God, right in our ministry. It's amazing to watch. And you know what I call that crowd of people that I'm talking about? Superheroes. No. That's just, that's, you're just a follower of Jesus. That's what followers of Jesus do. They're all in on God. They, they love Jesus. They love his church. They're devoted to Jesus. They're devoted to seeing his church flourish and make disciples of all nations. And so that's why, friends, not to be a jerk, but if that's not what your life looks like at all, do you not see a problem? Do you see why someone may question like, hey, like, have you experienced the salvation of Jesus Christ? Are you truly following Jesus? Because this is what he has for you. Does it mean you don't sin? Doesn't mean there's not still struggles and imperfections? But my goodness, he's called us to, to being risen from the dead and living passionately for his glory. Loving him, loving his church. My fear is some of you are content to come here a couple of times a month, come listen, be entertained, and then leave, and that's it. That's what being a Christian means to you. And, and, and that makes so much sense if that's you, if you think that's what Christianity is, and I wanna maybe help you through this. Like, it makes so much sense if that's you. Of course you don't care about lost people. You don't care about the missions, things we presented and going out on campus, you don't care about being discipled. Like, that, that makes sense. You don't plan on a, a, applying the sermon. You don't plan on engaging with your connect group questions. Like, like, your spiritual life is like that casket, like that body in the casket. And that makes sense to me. And friends, in love, if that's you, I just gotta tell you. Again, I don't have any specific names in mind, if that's you, if that's what your life looks like, you're not following Jesus. And, and I don't want to leave you there. It's not to condemn you. I'm like, come on. Like, I want to invite you to something better. Like, I want you to, to call you into following him. Like, like, come on in. The water's fine. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Those of you that are, you know. It's good. And so only Jesus can raise us from the dead. What a great reason to follow him. I think what's especially amazing is how much Jesus has actually done for us. And so we, we look also to verses eight and nine. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. And so friends, why follow Jesus? Because Jesus is the best gift that has ever been given. Like, think about that. The best gift anyone will ever receive was given without any contribution from any of us. It's all a work of God. Like, he did it all. That's why later on tonight we're gonna sing Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid the half and I paid the other half. No, he paid it all. The simplicity of the gospel. Some of you ask, what's the gospel? Let's use Ephesians 2. Here it is. Believing in faith that God 
graciously and mercifully saved you through the death and resurrection of Jesus, resurrection of Jesus. Not because you were great, actually not because of you, but in spite of you, he drew you to himself while you were kicking and screaming, trying to keep following Satan and living in your sin. And he drew you out of that into his domain and said, you are mine, follow me. That's grace, friends. That's grace. And we take that gift of salvation for granted when it should totally blow our minds to be like, think about the best gift you've ever been given. Jesus surpasses it. And some of you are like, hold on just a second, buddy. <laughs> Last week, you said that there are conditions to following Jesus. And this week, you're all Mr. Grace and love. It's like, come on, bro, we gotta figure it out. I love scripture because it holds things, I would say, that are both true. It holds them in tension. And so let me, let me explain something. Oftentimes, we confuse what actually saves us with the fruit of someone who is following Jesus. What actually saved us is God because dead bodies don't do anything. And he brought us to life. He filled us with his Holy Spirit who gave us a new heart, got our spiritual lungs breathing again, gave us new hearts and new minds that love him and wanna follow him and live for his glory. And the fruit of that should be what we're talking about tonight. Does that make sense? And so we could never do anything for Jesus if he hadn't first done the, the only thing we needed in our entire lives to us first, and that's save us, bring us out of death and into life. And he gave it as a free gift. And he says, and now walk in it. You're a new creation. This is how you're supposed to live. Why follow Jesus? Because Man, when we're not following Jesus, we're following Satan. And not only to follow the, the right person, it's more than that, only Jesus can raise us from the dead. And then we follow Jesus because he's the, the best gift ever given. The exact thing that we needed, the thing that we needed the most throughout our entire lives, what matters on your deathbed has been given to us freely in Christ. Wow. That's what makes grace amazing. Y'all hanging in there? Y'all with me? Y'all thinking? Okay. Verse 10, closing of this incredible passage that God has given us. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I've made several references to being a new creation. And I think this is just kind of sealing the deal. Why follow Jesus? Get this, friends. This is, oh my goodness. We follow Jesus because we, it's actually very simple, we're created to follow Jesus. We've always been created to follow God and worship God. That's what we've been made for. And in saving us and bringing us back from the dead, he makes us a new creation and we're restored again to our purpose of following him. We've always been created to follow him and he's done everything for us. And he just says, now walk in the footsteps. I said, you'll see that where it says, we are his workmanship, 
It means we belong to him. We're created by God, for God, created in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? It means from John 1 and Colossians 1, when the world was created, Jesus was there. He was doing it. He was speaking light. Boom. Everything. Life. He was speaking it, doing it, making Adam and Eve from just nothing. Oh, man, it's good stuff. Our creator created us to follow him. And in verse 10, it says to walk in the works he created. What did verse one and three say? That we were walking and following the course of this world. So he brings us from following Satan to following him. That's incredible. Some of you are like, okay, I'm created for good works. God, this sovereign thing blows my mind. Hey, blows my mind too. Always should. He's glorious. He's amazing. We should worship him. And no, we can't ever perfectly understand him. But you're like, how do I know what God's will is for my life? I'm like, look, dude, he's created you for good works. Not only dudes, girls too. which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. And so that means while you're trying to figure out God's will, you don't just sit in a chair and say, all right, God, help me. Like, like no one talks like that. I don't know where that voice came from. <laughs> Needed comic relief. <laughs> I don't know why that, I'll have to listen back to what happened there. Anyway, but you're not just like, you're opening the Bible like, like okay. Um, then my God put into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to enroll by genealogy. Uh, genealogy, no, I'm out, I'm out. That's not, that's not what he means. If God's created us for good works that we should walk in them, you know what you should probably do to figure out his will? Walk. God steers moving ships, friends. As you follow him, which you, if you're following Jesus, if you're following Jesus, you know what you can always know? you're gonna be going in the right direction. Isn't that cool? I put making it so complicated. I don't know, like take a personality test. Like, okay, those are good, but just follow Jesus. Just follow him. He's gonna take you where you want to go. I, I thought of something just really helpful for us tonight. And um, from here, I don't really know where we're gonna go. We'll just see where we end up. Just joking, I have a plan. So this is a kiddie pool, all right, you see it? I like it. You're thinking, I don't, want, I don't know many things, but I know that brother can't fit in that thing. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> but I'm gonna try anyway. <laughs> so if I get stuck in it, I need some rescue, all right? And so uh, here's, a, here's a kiddie pool, right? And we, we know what kiddie pools are for. I'm about to get in it, y'all ready for this? Oh man, I'm sore, okay, all right. You start making those noises when you get in your late 20s. This happens, all right? And so um, a kiddie pool's nice. Like Eleanor, she's 10 months this summer. She's probably going to, there's not water in here, by the way. I'm not that brave. Um, she's probably gonna be in a kiddie pool. That's just reality. Like, we're gonna get her in this. I'm excited for that. And you know why? Because with a kiddie pool, there's not much risk, right? Like, I, like I'm sorry, at any age, like even literally like newborn out of the womb, like you just can't drown in this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's just, it's easy. Like, you can just splash the water, 
yay, you know what I mean? Like, and like you can roll around. I can't roll around, I'm too big. But you know, I can roll around in it and like I can be submerged my head, but oh wait, no, I can't. Like it's not very deep, right? There's, there's no risk, it's, it's a kiddie pool. You can splash around, but splash long enough, all the water's gonna leave. It's, it is so easy, it's so simple. I think many of us, we take following Jesus and we turn it into a kiddie pool experience. And here's what I mean. We want following Jesus to be easy, no risk. Like I can just kind of splash around and kind of play here, kind of grab my toys like, Ooh, cool, girls, Bible study. Not gonna apply literally any of it to my life, but I'm gonna feel good about myself afterward. Like, oh, hey, cool, guys, Bible study. Like, yep, I'm gonna still stay in that sin, not tell any guys about it, not get any prayer accountability, but I'm gonna feel good about myself afterwards. And, oh, sweet, man, like, we're gonna have food this Tuesday night. Awesome, like, I'll be there. Hey, guys, we're gonna go out on the campus to share the gospel. Like, ooh, I don't think so, man. Like, that required me to get out of the kiddie pool. Like, it's so fun and so comfortable in here. Friends, we have a problem. You think COVID's a bad pandemic. We have a pandemic, and it is the church's obsession with the kiddie pool. We love the kiddie pool because it's easy. It doesn't require any sacrifice. It doesn't require Radical devotion. You're not required to swim. You feeling me? And so I'm gonna try to get out of this thing. <laughs> and so what happens is, I'm gonna throw this thing away. Okay, there it is. What happens is, we're in the kiddie pool, and Jesus, just like the song Oceans, you call me out upon the waters, he's calling us to deeper and better things. Like, that's, that's where Jesus is. Like, I think when we're, we're new a believer, he's like, okay, man, I'll, I'll play with you in the kiddie pool. Like, you learning curve. But some of you have been following Jesus for years, and you're still in the kiddie pool. You don't want to go out on the water. And I'm just thinking, like, why? And some of you are like, you don't understand, Cole. Like, it's hard. You don't understand. Like, I'm scared. Like, you don't understand. You don't understand. And guess what? When he called Peter out upon the water, what happened? Homeboy starts walking on the water. You know where he went wrong? He turned away from Jesus and he began sinking. You're like, oh no, like he followed Jesus and he died. No, Jesus came from over here, reached down in the water and pulled him up and got him back in the boat. And so that's why I'm just so confused when I see people who are so content with a kiddie pool because you think that following Jesus into the deep waters is a big risk, but the big risk is staying in the kiddie pool. Y'all can clap, amen, you can clap, that's great. Sister, I love it. Not for me, but for God, it's true. Friends, Jesus is calling us out upon the waters. He's saying, hey, like, those things are good, there's nothing wrong, but man, for, for years, you've been wondering what my will is, and I've been in your sight, but I've been over there, and you, you won't even take a step towards me. And, and he's saying to us, and guess what? You're probably gonna get out there a little bit and turn away, start sinking like you're gonna fail. And you're gonna freak out. 
where are you? And he's gonna come down and say, I'm right here. And he's gonna pick you up. The most dangerous place to be is where Jesus isn't. And so when he calls us out on the waters, as scary as life may be, there may be some people in this room gonna lose their actual lives. I don't know for the sake of the gospel. But because you're with Jesus, that's what's ultimately going to matter. The band's gonna come up for us. As we close, I wanna pose some questions for you. I just wanna ask you tonight, man, are, are you in the kiddie pool? <laughs> Is that convicting to you? And, and would you, I'm not asking you to, to go to North Korea to be a missionary. <laughs> if you wanna do that, sweet, let's talk about it. Logistics are gonna be complicated, but let's talk about it. <laughs> But would you maybe, if you're in the kiddie pool, would you consider just taking one step out and just trust God that Ephesians 2.10 is right and he's prepared beforehand that first step out of it and just see what he does and follow Jesus and, and then maybe take, take another step. That's not where you are. Can I ask you something? If you're not following Jesus and have never intended on it, can I ask you something? Is what you're following, is it better than what we presented tonight? What, what, what are you getting out of that? Does what you're following make you feel like you have resurrection life flowing through your veins? Is what you're seeking after actually giving you anything back? Because Jesus paid it all, friends, for you and for me. And so if you're at a point where you realize, actually, you're right. I've been following, I, you're right, I've been deceived. I've, I've thought all these things were it. I've been deceived by Satan, I've been following him. He's had me wrapped around his finger. And I see tonight the greatness of, of Jesus and I wanna, I wanna follow him. Amen, brother and sister, amen. And if you wanna do that, I'll be up at the front and we'll talk. Some of you, you're nervous about doing that, guess what? 20 seconds of just bravery and boldness to our creator and before our Lord, our creator, just to come down and talk with someone about the gospel, maybe a, a, an eternity hinging decision. And I would love to talk with you more about it. Our creator has called us to great things. Will you follow him? Will you follow him? Let's pray. Father, we present before you our hearts. Let them be those that wholeheartedly love you and follow you, Lord Jesus. May you deliver some people from darkness raise some people from the dead tonight that'd be cool we'd, we'd, we'd praise and celebrate and also Lord just as importantly I pray that some people tonight would get out of the kiddie pool and step into deeper waters because that's where you are we hope you are encouraged by today's podcast if you'd like to learn more about the journey check us out on Instagram or Facebook at the journey LBK thanks for listening